0: Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. We're starting a um, a new series called The Practice of Community. And uh, we had some other plans for the end of the year, but um, just as things are re-emerging out of lockdown, um, I sort of felt that it was it was right to change our our focus a little bit. Um, and you know, I I've realised as you know, I've I've kind of walked and been in spaces that have tried to build community. That um, community is a practice. It is actually a discipline. And sometimes we just sort of think about community, the people around us as as maybe incidental, Um, but it is actually a discipline, something that needs to be cultivated. It doesn't just happen, it doesn't just happen organically. Um, There are moments of that, there are glimpses of that, but to actually have a a full and thriving life, um, the community around us needs to be cultivated. And um you know as as human beings community is is really important and as followers of Jesus community is incredibly important. Uh why? Well there's there's the kind of sociological reasons. You know there's the the very simple one of of survival that like as as human beings we we need a tribe, we need others to survive. I think you know even if we took away our dri- delivery drivers, we would be um you know stranded um you know even the supply chains and the things that we belong to help us thrive it's it's the communities that that we belong to that actually help us to survive in life um beyond that there's there's the mental and physical health aspect of of community there's um a, a book and a study called blue zones which they basically found the kind of key towns and cities in the world where people have the longest life expectancy And they kind of codified and worked out the the few things that were common among all those communities all around the world in different countries. Um, And just found some really fascinating things. And and one of the key contributors to long health was that you have three good friends that you could call on a bad day. And that is linked to a long life expectancy. Um, They also found that having a friend that lived within one mile, which is 1.6 1.6 kilometers walking distance of your house, a friend that you like um, that lives within walking distance of your house increases your happiness by 25%. So you can find, if you you find one friend that you can put within the walking distance of your house. They also found that loneliness is, I, I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago, that loneliness is the equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day in our physical health. That loneliness actually causes more disease uh, and lowers our life expectancy. Um, and then beyond the kind of survival, physical and mental health, uh, there's just the meaning and the purpose in our life. And I think the meaning of life is, is relationship. And Jesus talked about that, right? That um, you know the golden rule is to love God and love others. That's the kind of guiding principle if you boil things down. and If you have conversations with people that have faced tragedy or events that have you know, really caused them to rethink about their life or they've come close to, their, to death, then you know, one of the things I'll come back to is like that relationships are the most important thing. Steve Jobs on his, on his deathbed, he, he wrote this. He says, lying on the sickbed and recalling my whole life, I realized that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in have paled and become meaningless in the face of impending death. And it's, you know, we can have all the wealth, all the property, all the accolades, all the financial security, all the success in the world, but without relationship, without depth of community, life lacks meaning. So there's a sociological sort of uh, uh, reasoning behind why community is really important, but then there's the the real scriptural emphasis we see.
1: Vince, can you read Ecclesiastes for us? Certainly. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Two are better than one. It's
0: awesome. Uh, Jeff, can you read Acts chapter 2 for us?
1: And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were believers. Oh, no, believing, saved. I had to flip the page. And
0: I... <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a, that's a picture of the early church, so, so deeply committed to interwoven, deep community. Um, Sue, can you read that one Peter passage for us?
2: Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one, o- one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in his various forms.
0: That's perfect. Thank you. Erin, <laughs> um, 1 Corinthians. Um,
2: just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you and the head cannot say to the feet i don't need you on the contrary those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty while our presentable parts need no special treatment but god has put the body together giving great honor sorry greater honor to the parts that it lacked so that there should be no division in the body but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part
0: is honored, every part rejoices with it. Wonderful. Thanks, Aaron. Um, and that, that there is an over like an onslaught of scriptures uh, imploring us towards Christian community, to make this a, a, a focal point of our, of our lives. Um, and that's just a few, you know, you, you read Romans 12 and it's basically a list of ways to live in community. Proverbs 27, you know, that proverb says iron sharpens iron as one person sharpens another. Hebrews chapter 10, that favorite, famous verse, it says, you know, do not neglect meeting together. Ephesians talks about that we are a new, a new tribe, a new humanity, a new people come from all different races and, and socioeconomic backgrounds. That we are a new people. Um, and, you know, the, the, there, is, there is kind of the sociological part of community, the scriptural part and, and the formation part, realizing that uh, our community is so important in our counter formation. You know, the world is forming us in a certain way. The media is forming us in a certain way. Our social media feeds are curated to us and they're forming us. Um, and community can be a counter formation. We know the importance of the people that we have around us. One of the truest indicators of what your future is going to look like is looking at the people that you have in in your present and the way that they live live their lives. Um, A study shows that, a study done in Finland shows that if you have a close friend that smokes, you are seven times more likely to smoke. Uh, We know that among young people, um, you know, things like self-harm are actually contagious. You see it sort of spread through through friend groups. Mel and I saw this all the time when we were working in school. She, she um, still does. And in, in a study done by myself in Long Jetty, I realized that if you have a friend that plays spike ball, you're 18 times more likely to play spike ball. Um, and that's a, that's that's quantitative data. Uh, <laughs> um, but who, who you have in your life and the way that they live their lives is not a coincidental part of our lives. It is really important. It's an, an essential part of our formation in Jesus. Community is essential for human flourishing. But the other thing I realize is that community is, is really freaking hard. It's really nice to talk about, um, but it's actually hard to do. It's hard to do well. There is a, um, the University of Arizona, I did this thing. They built a, a thing called a biodome. Arizona's in the desert. And they, spent millions of dollars to create this kind of dome where they could grow at at the the perfect environment, this, you know, this lush kind of trees and vegetation. Um, And so everything was kind of curated to be like perfect for these, for these plants. And what they saw was that they planted trees and they grew up really tall and then they fell over and they couldn't work out what was happening. They're like, everything is perfect in this, in this space that we've we've built they'll just grow up fall over and um what one smart student worked out he had a hypothesis that they tested was that um because there was no wind in the biodome that the roots of the trees didn't grow out and grow deep and so they, the environment was great but because there was no resistance there was no there was no um movement there was no growth in the roots And I think we're the same way in community that we actually need that. There's a part of community that's hard and life is hard sometimes because of our growth. We actually need to rub against people that get on our nerves. You know, that person in in your dinner party that just is a little bit annoying or um, that person that has different political views to you or a different theology to you or different ways of doing life or parenting or whatever it is. But it's actually those things and being in community with people like that, that actually helps our roots grow deep, helps form us, helps make us stronger. Uh, Todd Bolsinger has this great quote that says, you know, the primary way to prepare for the unknown is to attend to the quality of our relationships the primary way to prepare for the unknown is to attend to the quality of our our relationships i've been reading this book i don't know why but it's a book called the hidden life of trees it's about trees um, it's an interesting book um, but what they found is that trees live much longer in forests than they do alone and the reason that is is because in a forest their roots begin to interconnect they sort of become like this one network of of roots and they hold each other through through storms and and they can sort of they just like become enmeshed and entangled in in the best sense and they found that even if you if you cut a tree off you make it a stump the trees us are kept alive by the trees around it because they share a root system and I think that is just a beautiful image of, you know, in the winds of life, in, in the kind of the bustle and the, and the you know, the, the sparks that fly off, you know, between people and the sort of social settings and the awkward moments we find ourselves, all of that is actually forming us, helping us to become uh, more connected with deeper roots that helps us through the storms and the winds of life. Um, but the more I, I sort of, I realize more and more that community is not something that just happens to us, but it's something that we actually have to take responsibility for ourselves. The the community in your life is your responsibility and no one else's. It's, it's must be cultivated and it can't be a set and forget thing. And that's why it's hard because it actually takes time and energy and intention and rhythm. And I think you can either have a, consumer mentality towards community or a contributor mentality and i think you know we, we live in a society of consumers we've been like conditioned to think this way an individual society where i can just go on amazon and it arrives at my house hopefully although the supply chain issues is really um breaking down the way that i've grown up and that i can get anything at my fingertips but um you know when when we think about community as something that as a product that I consume, and you know, we turn community into a commodity, um, that's when we start to go wrong because you know we it's 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 when we have that mentality that we often feel left out because actually someone else's responsibility, that person didn't come, that person didn't invite me, that person didn't reach out to me. Um, it always feels like someone else's fault because it's just a, a product that we're consuming and this is why we call our sunday gatherings gatherings and not services because it's not a service it's not a commodity to to consume but it's the gathering of the church it's a gathering of the saints but those with a contributor mentality always feel involved because they see community as something to add value to something to contribute towards Um, and the interesting thing is you know biologically what happens when you serve someone when when you're like nice to someone When you give a gift to someone, you actually feel more connected to them, not the other way around. And so when someone gives you a gift, they biologically feel connected to you. And so one of the best ways to feel connected to someone, if you're feeling disconnected, is to reach out and do something nice for someone. It's actually like we're wired to live that way. When you reach out to someone, you give someone a gift, you send them a nice text, you you pray for them, you do something nice for them, you feel more connected. And um, you know the ideal community, if it ever exists, is a community full of contributors, where we're all contributing, we're all adding value. It's like a good marriage, right? When both parties are contributing, both parties are, are giving. There's like this this kind of this thing that grows between us because we're both giving. And it's the same, it's the same for the church. Acts 2, that, that verse that Jeff read out earlier is this idea of this, these contributors. They all gave. They all met together in the temple courts, in homes. They all shared um, the Lord's Supper. They gave everything they owned. They learned together. It's this incredible community of contributors. Community is, a, is not a commodity to consume. Community is a common unity to contribute towards. This is, my, this is my Baptist coming out. This is all C words. Community is not a commodity to consume. Community is a common unity to contribute towards. Community is not commodity. It's, it's common unity. We talk about this idea a lot. Our common unity here at Greenhouse is is two things it's it's jesus it's the way of jesus we all have something in common in that doesn't matter where you are in your relationship in your journey maybe you're just curious about jesus maybe you're committed to jesus but jesus is 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 one of our common unions and the other thing is the physical spaces that we choose to inhabit Uh, we have we have common unity with you know if you're a follower of jesus there's two billion of us across the world um but we don't have deep community with all of them because it's actually about the physical spaces we choose to inhabit, the, the places we go, our dinner parties, our Sunday gatherings, uh, the neighborhoods we live in. Um, physical spaces really, really matter. A couple of weeks ago, or well, a month or two ago, actually, I had a friend of mine um, contact me, and 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 they were um, pretty disappointed in me um, during COVID because they felt like I didn't I didn't do enough to um, to, to, to build on our relationship. They sort of felt like we were, we were drifting apart and I didn't do enough to reach out. And, and he had some fair points there. And I was talking to him and um, the thing we were talking about is that, you know, this, this common unity idea. And for, for this person and I, the common unity were those two things, our, our faith in Jesus and the spaces we inhabit, the neighborhood we lived in. And during, during COVID, um, he, he sort of walked away from his faith And he moved, he moved away. And what we're saying is like, actually the, the two things, the two common unities that we had actually fell apart. It doesn't mean that we can't build other common unities, but sometimes it's really just good and healthy to work out what is the common unities we have, because, you know, we, we build our community around common unities and, you know, you can build it around all sorts of different things. Um, but sometimes you know we expect relationships to be be lifelong without realizing this this really practical thing that there has to be a common unity that we are building our relationships around and sometimes that has to change and morph um but it takes intentionality and it takes both people to contribute towards that Uh, but for us you know in this community in greenhouse um i think it's important to acknowledge that our common unity is is jesus and the physical spaces we inhabit and so I, I want to talk about three physical spaces, three spaces to, um, to cultivate in our world. And, I, and I'll finish up briefly. I'm going to share a screen here. Um, there's this idea called proxemics.
1: I think I've talked about this, um, this before. Let's get this thing up on here. I can't, I can't work out how to do it. Um, this is a sociological thing. I'll, I'll send the, the, the,
0: the link out um, later, which actually it, it's a study of how we as humans interact in different group sizes. And it's originally based on the the space that we have between the, like the physical space. And talks about as humans, as kind of these, you know, social beings, there are... Three spaces or four spaces that are really important for us. There's the public space, uh, which is kind of 35 plus people. There's the social space, which is anywhere between kind of five, six people to 35. There's the personal space, which is a, cu- a couple of people, three or four. And then the intimate space, which is one other person. And that as humans, we actually interact differently at, at each of those spaces. At each of those group sizes, we are, we just we're wired differently, and we interact with people in different ways. Um, you interact differently with someone at a, you know in a shopping center than you do in your home sharing dinner, or with your spouse. You know uh, there there are different spaces in which we interact differently. And um, I've started to really think about this in terms of our formation as followers of Jesus that we actually need different spaces to form us. Um, and so we've been kind of trying to build our, our spaces around this idea that uh, we are communal beings. Community holds the, the um, it's, it's the, the facilitator of our spiritual growth. Our growth happens through community, through relationships. Christianity is a communal sport, not an individual sport. And so in the public space, we have our Sunday gatherings. Um, and this is where we find that we are, we are part of something bigger than ourselves. When we get in, in a room again, in a couple of weeks, when we can, when we can get with, you know, 50 or 60 or hundred people in a room. Uh, we get to see that I am part of something bigger than my own individual walk, that there are a bunch of people sort of doing this journey together. It spans generations from a newborn to, um, people in their late retirement. It spans uh, different generations. It spans different political views. Uh, it, it's, it's linked to tradition and church history. It's, it's a more expansive view of what's going on. And there's this thing in socio- sociology called collective effervescence. Jonathan Haidt, who is a sociologist, talks about that we are, as, as humans, we're 90% ape in terms of our social being that we, we're sort of like group beings and 10% B, there's something of us that like needs that kind of hive mentality. And there's this thing that they've coined called collective effervescence. This is like those moments that are kind of euphoric. If you go to a, a, a concert and it's just like, there's this like just incredible moment, you go to a sporting match, Um, maybe you go to, you know, it's why people go to nightclubs, um, Sunday gatherings, those moments in worship or prayer that just sort of seems like a little bit euphoric, a little bit beyond just the, the normal and the everyday. And I've actually found that when you do an activity together as a large group, like singing a song, dancing, there's actually, that actually regulates our nervous systems. So like collective singing, when we sync up with other people, it, it actually regulates our nervous system, which is just incredible. And Sunday gatherings, those public spaces are for grounding us. It's for giving us the bigger picture. It's a rhythm to come back again for worship and prayer, opening the scriptures, seeing that there are other people on this journey. Then there's the social space, which is like five to 35 people. Dinner parties is what we've designed in that space. Um, and this is people who you can laugh and cry with you can do the journey with. You can be known and know others, know people's stories. You can hear uh, a deeper sense of people's lives, a space to have fun, a space to share the Lord's supper, to sit at a table and share a meal. And that's a really important space for our formation. And then the the final space in in terms of Christian community um, is, That personal space. And this is really what I want us to lean in. And and we're going to launch a thing called Triad soon, which I'm really excited about. I'm going to talk a lot more about that next week. But these are the people you call on a bad day. The people that know you quite intimately. The people that know you enough not to be impressed by you. The people that, um, you know, the people in your life that would drive you to the airport. (laughs) You know, the people that you can be brutally honest with and share a bit a bit deeper about your life Um, and i think that's the space you know if i just take a take a look at our community and and particularly as we emerge out of out of lockdown that we need all these spaces but that's the space i want to try and create an environment for it's not another program it's not another thing to do but um, for me you know I, i sort of feel like my role is not to create community for you um that's your responsibility, but part of my role is that I can help create some environments, some containers for that to happen um and you can do that in other ways, absolutely. um but I want to just continue to create spaces for that to happen. Jesus did this so well, he had the seventy two people that that public space he had the the twelve. The, the social space there that he, he did everything with those people. He ate meals and they traveled and they um, slept in the same houses and um, had the ups and downs of life. And then he had the the, the triad. He had Peter, James, and John, um, those closest to him. And those three people saw more of Jesus than anyone else in history. It was those three people that he chose to the transfiguration where he, when he sort of unveiled a, a deeper part of himself, a, a really true part of himself. He chose to do that with that that real small intimate group. Um, And it's important for us to have all three of those things. That that, that is important for us as forming human beings. Community. It's not a commodity to to consume. It's a common unity to contribute towards. So I I just wanted to give us a little bit of time and space, and then we'll head into breakout rooms for 10 minutes. But maybe you might... um, Get a piece of paper or your phone or something. And I'd love you to write those three spaces and just think about your your life, particularly in your spiritual formation with other Christians.
1: Think about the public space, the social space, and the private space. So public is 35 plus large groups. Social
0: is kind of, you know, 10, 15, 20 people. The private space is, you know, two or three others. And I'd love you to think about, you know, your own relationship with Jesus, your own relationship with, with other Christians. And just to, just to give yourself a little, a little rating from one to, 12, one, one to 10 on how you feel like that's going for you right now. It doesn't have to be in those three categories that I talked about, the Sunday gatherings, dinner party, try does thing. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. They're just... Containers, um, but it'd just be interesting just just to see what you notice. One being it couldn't be any worse; ten being it couldn't be any better. So I'll give you a little bit of time, and then uh, then we'll head into breakout rooms. And you might want to share something that stood out to you. Maybe it's your strength. Maybe it's something that you you know notice that you need work
1: on. Um, so the public, the social, and the private.